Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Pinions. Pop Pinions. Episode 135. We are like, it's just climbing. Like, I just can't get over it sometimes. Like that we're doing more episodes? <laughs> yeah, like it's just And the like, numbers keep getting bigger. But it's just funny to me. I'm like, 135. I mean, we've been doing this almost three years. So fun. Like, there's never like, oh, we got a podcast. Like, I never have that feeling. I watched a movie last night. Not a podcast movie. Two in one week. Only because my friend, um, he was like, do you even like movies? He was asking if I had seen these two movies. And um, I was like, no, not yet. And he's like, do you even like movies anymore? Like, as a joke. And then I was like, I will put it on right now. And I did. So, anyways. That was good. I'm also here. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm good. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go first. Um, playoff time, obviously. Very fun. Fun that time. was really Toronto Maple Leafs really have a way with um, keeping their fans um, at a ten of anxiety. I feel. I should. I wonder if I can check. Um, one of my one of my Leaf fan friends was messaging me, but I was behind in the game, so I wasn't seeing as. Um, so this is so I asked him because he was at the square for the last game. So I said, "Are you back?" He's like, "No, just at home." And this is the next five messages. Leafs are going to lose, not because they're down, but solely for, but for the sole reason that the offense is non-existent. Fucking AHL team out here. I've never been so happy to be wrong. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I felt like that. I'm going to screenshot that because that just encapsulates it's, what is going it is. on and i was texting my friend who he's a really big leaf fan as well and i'm like how is your emotional state right now um because i saw him for book club last week and he was not in a good headspace like he was so it was game one and he was so i was surprised he even showed up for book club but um he's so dedicated so uh and he is he, it's just it's almost worse if when they're in the playoffs i think for them right like you're just it would almost be better if they didn't make the playoffs because the emotional toll this is takes on the fans is like unbelievable to me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, who cares? No, Nope. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the new, uh, the new movie and possible, uh, drama that's come about. Of Tell me the new Glenn Powell, Sydney Sweeney movie. <gasps> I just saw that today. Uh, all the drama so anyone but you no release date yet is apparently going to be rated r and there's some drama with uh glenn powell's girlfriend don't remember her name uh unfollow gg paris maybe yeah something like that. um unfollowing sydney sweeney on instagram and a lot of pictures and videos from them being on set in australia filming this movie and how close, close. they've become and they were just at an event last night and they looked close they looked happy together so it's um I mean I can see how it happens you know you're you're on a movie set you're playing lovers you're you know like you don't have the outside but she was also engaged I don't know if she still is like she was supposed to be engaged he had a girlfriend so I'm not really sure but there's there's some drama there I if I had to pick one way or the other I would go PR stunt that that's what this is oh i think everything is anyway timothy chalamet and kylie jenner that is a pr stunt that a real thing well her car was seen at his house and then they found out he wasn't even there he was in new york like it's it's just proves and it was like apparently her assistant was driving her car like they planted it there told the paparazzi you know what i mean like it's all pr because she was a bit because of the selena stuff she was her press right she wasn't doing well so her mom's like, what can we do? 
because it's not enough you're a billionaire you gotta like right like just let it ride you don't have to make up stories I don't know anyways that's the most we've ever talked about pop culture even though our even though our thing is called pop opinions we, we don't usually talk about that kind of stuff no like news gossipy stuff no. i don't typically like but it's what's it's glenn powell and sydney sweeney like that's your two fa- like some of your faves right yeah, so especially him yeah how are you doing uh i'm good yeah we just had a vet appointment which is like her yearly and we're getting nervous you know she's 13 and a half there's definitely some major signs of aging so I was pretty stressed most of the day. I actually had a really hard time working because I was just like, I don't know when you're just nervous. And so had a great conversation with him. Like overall, like it was really positive and she's doing really well for 13 and a half. He was pretty impressed with her, you know, her, her mass muscle mass and her joints. Like he was really impressed with her. And, um, so I feel like I, I can't even tell you, like so much relief, like just, you know, and then we had a conversation about how do you know when it's like time to mm-hmm. like say goodbye? Because well, I mean, we're at that age, so it's like that could be around the corner for us. And I just want to know kind of what are we looking for? And so he kind of told us the signs that we're looking for and to always think of them before us. And so, cause I'm like, that's the one thing I want to make sure I don't want to keep her around for uh, like for our sake it's yeah. always the quality of life for her is my number one priority so which I think shows because he was like had his finger up her bum cleaning out her glands and I was like should I be doing that and he's like most people will no they don't want to do, I will I'm like I would do anything for this dog <laughs> like what does she need <laughs> like I will do it so he was like no that's okay <laughs> she see it seems okay so anyways so yeah, no, I feel good. Good relief. Uh, today's uh, episode, we've got our IMCs, the Italian Job, and Minutemen. Yes, uh, man, that was funny when you told the girl that lives here that uh, what that you were making me watch that. It's just uh, to me, it's a Disney Channel original classic. No, I know. I was very excited to watch it. Uh, and then we're doing it's a ten, but yes, ten of those. Ten. I did 10. I know you did. Okay. Because we said that we were going to do 10. Okay. Because we thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into... Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I feel like I've been on... We should have been keeping track all this time, though, because I feel like now I'm on a winning streak. It's... Yeah, it's a lot of work to go back now. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't... That's his way of saying absolutely not. That's just... Yeah, that's me saying I don't want to do more extra work. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you may go first. I'm going to defer... That's what they say in football, guys. Good job. Defer. Uh, my movie is 2003's The Italian Job, uh, written and directed by F. Gary Gray, which is one of the most confusing names. Also makes me think of the scene from Ted when they talk about F. Scott's, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, okay. And they're saying, why are you saying fuck Scott Fitzgerald? And uh, he's, they're like, no, that's his name. It's like, well, his first name has to be fuck. Right. If otherwise, you would say what it was. Right. Um. So yeah, G- Gary Gray, which is just uh, switching a couple, well, switching two letters there to you be go. exact, uh, based on the 1969 film of the same name, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, tagline, get in, get out, get even. Oh, I like that one, actually. It's That's pretty, a good one. Straight to the point, especially the periods, the pauses. Yeah, yeah, one. I like that. Uh, so after a heist in Venice, Steve, played by Edward Norton, I'm just going with people's names. Actually, there's... 
a pretty big part of this movie that I'm just not talking about because I want people to watch it because to have the surprise that I had, like, I don't want to take that away from anyone that hasn't seen this movie. Okay. Uh, I guess, never mind. <laughs> I kind of realized in my thing it says, uh, I said who it was already. Uh, there is a, a turning on partners of crime uh keeping all of a, a heist to himself i guess i yeah just kind of ruined that for myself because i wrote it down before i watched the movie and then right uh so then the remainder of the team vows revenge and plots a second heist from a los angeles mansion mm. uh so we have edward norton mark Wahlberg, charlie's theron jason statham seth green and donald sutherland to name a few you okay Perfect. yeah no, i was trying, trying to see if i could find my tagline that probably doesn't have a tagline i don't have one um so we open donald sutherland calls charlize their uh father father daughter and he's doing one last job mm-hmm. always it's always one last job um, doesn't she say something like that it's yeah always it's always what people say um and he bought her something like send sending her something before the heist even happens we meet the team Wahlberg is kind of like the right hand man to Donald Sutherland. They're very close father son type of relationship. Edward Norton, uh, who plays Steve, has this amazing little mustache that, like, I think is fake, or if it's real, it just it looks it looks funny. Yeah. Um. Then we meet Seth Green, who I don't know if I talk about it later, but he invented Napster in this movie and right. is like really obsessed with that. Yeah. Um. And Jason Statham, who's handsome Rob, mm-hmm. who uh, is the the wheel man, the getaway driver. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they're setting up below this like safe and they're trying to figure out what to do. There's like a little thing that's gone wrong, but they have to figure out if they're going to keep going. And everyone then defers to Mark Wahlberg because he brought in Donald Sutherland for this job and he is now the de facto leader mm-hmm. even with the experience of Donald Sutherland um, and they're trying to steal the safe and there's these Italian guys watching soccer uh, just like right in front of the safe they're like cleaning guns and I was like okay we slipped this right into the to the cliche box right um, so then they have to paint ceilings at a very precise two inches this way and five inches that way and i was very confused until they attach something to the top and blow up not only the floor with the safe but the floor below where at edward norton is on the edward norton is below the safe and everyone else is below edward norton mm-hmm. so the safe actually goes through both floors and lands in the boat yeah which jason satham and seth green are getting away on and they're dodging people and not dodging people but yeah. they're they're on like getaway mm, yeah but it was action. actually a misdirection <gasps> and the safe falls right through the ground and they drive off pretending that it's in the boat but it's actually gone to the bottom of this like boat house yeah 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 and donald sutherland and one of the guys whose name is left ear because he's the explosive guy and mm-hmm. as a kid he blew out the hearing in his right ear so he's left, left ear, ear. Uh, so they work to open this, and it's this massive, massive thing of gold. I wrote a bunch of gold. Uh, while Seth Green and Jason Statham are in a, they're in a boat chase, mm-hmm. and like, it's it's funny because like, they do what you do in like car chases where like people crash into stuff. Yeah. But it's boats, so it's a little weirder. Like, right, it's right. Not as impactful. 
Uh, so they had this successful heist. They all have champagne bottles in the mountains, and they're driving off on this very small road where then the double cross comes in. I guess I've already said who it is, but I, I never mentioned it again of like what double crossing happened, who yeah, yeah. who did what. Um, but the van that they're in drives off into the water and then uh, there's just a bunch of shooting, mm-hmm. like an AK-47, like a couple clips just into the water where the people are already like drowning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess just to make sure they were dead. Uh, there is a dead body in this in which it was probably the most 2003 thing, thing I've seen in terms of CGI. It just was not very good. Right. Um, then we go... One year later, Mark Wahlberg recruit, recruits Charlize, and it's one of those, like, I can't do it. Because uh, she does something similar to her dad, but does it, like, legally? Yeah, like, goes, like, say she works for the F- FBI, and they have a safe they need cracked. Like, she would go in and open it. And, like, test other people to make sure yeah. their safe is secure. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it's, yeah, I can't do it. And then a little bit later, she calls she calls him back while him and Wahlberg and Statham are playing one-on-one basketball. And she's like, I'm in. Yeah. I have to say, I'm shocked this movie wasn't directed by Michael Bay. Right, right. Just watching it, it yeah. would make a lot of sense. Or um, I was thinking Guy Ritchie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she drives she drives this Mini Cooper, which comes back into the into play, and she is just a very reckless driver. We see her drive twice, and she's swerving in and out of lanes. She goes like across the yellow line to get around people, and yeah, I just want to see one of these movies where they do this and they get like caught. Right, right. That'd be pretty funny. Um, then yeah, so Seth Green invented Napster, and Sean Fanning who made napster i had to google what napster was i've heard of it but i never used it oh my god that's adorable um and sean fanning himself actually cameos because it's called napster because seth green was sleeping and the he took the he took like the card right took the idea so that's why it's called napster napster um but the guy himself like cameos stealing the card nice um then we were reintroducing the team handsome rob who has this record of like the longest police chase right (laughs) for what reason i don't know but it kind of like there's this like they're going over like or they're going under an overpass and um these girls have a sign like we love you handsome (laughs) rob and it's kind of it's almost like it's a it looked a little oj ish right right like people like cheering yeah for the getaway driver right um so then we start uh, staking staking out the job, seeing what they have to do, where they have to go, because the gold that's gone mm-hmm. is is in reach again. It's possible. Yes. They know where it is. Or they know where it is, yes. Whereabouts it is. Yeah. Um, then we get the very stereotypical Mark Wahlberg walks in on Charlize as she's uh, trying to open a safe, but she has headphones in and... He was knocking and she couldn't hear, but he walks in and she's in a bra and she's like, oh my God, don't look at me. <laughs> she literally has the line like, don't look. Yeah. And he's like, sorry, you weren't answering the door. And I was like, that's just, it's, it's almost like, I know they need to do it just to add an element to the movie. Right. But I feel like if we made this now, we just wouldn't need that part of the Absolutely movie. Absolutely not. No. We don't need everyone to... To fall in love no yeah it's so true while heisting like yeah it would make sense if it was like high school or like yeah yeah normal I circumstances i understand adrenaline is raised but then i don't know just make it a physical relationship then why does it have to like we fall in love heisting yeah 
Um, Oscar from The Office is a security guard. I oh, yeah? That was pretty fun. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, so then Charlize portrays the cable girl. Yes. It's not cable guy. Um, cable person. And the the person, even though I spoiled it already, I'll still say the person that they're trying to heist from is like obsessed with her and is like, please let me take you on a date and like keeps asking, keeps asking. And uh, she reluctantly says yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out in this house, the hallways are six feet wide and they need to drive a car mm-hmm. in the house. Yeah. And the only car that they can fit is a Mini, Mini Cooper. Cooper. Um, they figure out a Mini Cooper can get through. Uh, Seth Green for about two minutes talks about how you can only call him Napster from now on. Mm, okay. It's really, really obsessed with this. Um, and like everyone just, everyone's hitting on Charlize Theron. They bring in this, um, uh, this mechanic whose name unironically is Wrench. Okay. That's just his name. It's ironed or stitched onto his shirt. Yeah. And he tries to hit on her and she just kind of rejects. Well, she's hot though. Like <laughs> she she's almost, gorgeous. She so. almost kind of looks like, what's the movie where they tried to make her look ugly? It kind of seems oh, like yeah, she did yeah. this movie like right after because her eyebrows don't look like they're fully like back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Monster. Then, Monster's Monster? Ball? No, Monster's Ball is Halle Berry. Halle Berry. I think it's just called Monster. Uh, then we have our trial and error of tech and explosives. Um, Seth Seth Green is hacking into the L.A. traffic grid system mm-hmm. to control the lights. Right. So once he breaks in, he's like, shows Mark Wahlberg as a prank. He's kind of a little sadistic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so then he starts like switching red and green and a big accident happens. Right. And he's like, see, he's like, see, it works. <laughs> Even like what he does in the post credit scene is weird. Yeah. He's a stereo system that yeah. can blow a woman's clothes off. I know. That's weird. Very 2003. Uh, then we need. So now we need three mini Coopers to get just for the sheer amount of weight of the gold yeah. that they need to get. Um, so then the way they found out about this was a guy named Skinny Pete who they go to see. Skinny Pete, not skinny. Yeah. Pretty ironic. <laughs> Very not skinny. They say he's like at least 400 pounds. Or wow. Like, I think they said over 300, but he's yeah, a big yeah. boy. Big boy. Uh, so then the Ukrainians are involved. Mm-hmm. They, they are a part of this. Um, then while on the date with the person that double crossed them i'm doing such a good job you really are people have no idea no i definitely didn't say it right at the beginning yeah um she says a line that someone else might have said yeah that could have blown her cover and immediately does which actually i liked for this part of the movie because then everyone's there yeah and like everyone comes out of the shadows to like back her up and like what's up we're alive yeah yeah that was a pretty cool scene um and then they're talking about the element of surprise and i could say it's mark Wahlberg. mark Wahlberg throws a surprise punch mm-hmm. and it was like how's that for a surprise right um then in, th- in this like hideout thing where it's actually pretty cool that's how they test out like the mini coopers that they can fit through the six feet wide hallways they test out the explosives they're doing everything in this light little hideout but they have a basketball hoop in it too mm-hmm. um I-, I don't know why i just thought it was funny but then so now as we get to the end, it's they have this whole plan of like we have to get into the mansion and drive through the house and everything. But then I almost said it. The person they're trying to heist from has this plan of like, I'm going to get a helicopter and armored vehicles and I'm going to move this gold. Yeah. So that because he he could he tell that they were knows. planning. Yeah. He and, knows. And Mark Wahlberg 
is like, guys, this is this is good for us. You know, we can control the traffic system. We have our, our Mini Cooper cars. He's looking at the positives. And he's like, you know what we got to do? We just got to do it like the Italian job. There you go. And then shoots a basket. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Pretty corny, but pretty cool. Yeah, right? So 118.13, title drop. <laughs> um, then uh, Left Ear and Wahlberg are setting up some kind of explosive in which they have to insert a detonator like before they blow anything up and they kind of stop and take a second and mark Wahlberg's kind of like what are you doing and he's like if i touch the out like it's like a circular he's like if i touch any edge we're gonna be the last two people we ever see (laughs) right so he's like okay take your time yeah yeah. no problem and then right before they do it they both say i love you which i thought was really (laughs) cute um so now the three armored cars all with escorts and the double crosser is watching from a helicopter watching these vehicles very intense um then it's just kind of chasing we drive through the subway um and a golf course Mm -hmm. and then i really wrote this was just like a scooby-doo ending right right like it was the most like oh got you oh no we got you (laughs) right right it was just that was just kind of the ending which i would say for a movie like it would be weird for it to be remade again but i feel like it could be better now yeah yeah for sure well It, it would just Think of how it was probably mu- how much better it was in 03 compared to the original, right? Like, it just is only going to get better and better, right? Yeah, we evolved. Maybe that's something we do someday. Bring back the Bring Italian back. job. Let's yeah. recast it. Recast it. Overall, very fun movie. Jack will have Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell in it. No. <laughs> Miles <I> Teller. <laughs> I like Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch. That's my, oh, okay. that's my Hollywood rom-com couple. Oh, okay. that's, my, that's my Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Oh, right. Uh, but yeah, overall, just fun light yeah pretty easy and very predictable ending yeah for sure that's good um okay i watched minutemen which is on disney it's from 2008 they didn't have a critic score but uh, the audience score was 68 percent uh director is uh i think it's lev al spiro spiro yeah spiro so it has um Jason Dolly, Nicholas Braun, who's on Succession, uh, Chelsea Kane, Stephen R. McQueen, who is from Vampire Diaries, Kara, Kara Crane, did I say her already? And Luke Benward. So those are the like main people. And it's about these three high school kids who invent, it's a 10 minute time machine. You only have 10 minutes to spare other kids from hum- humiliation. That's basically why they do it. But So on the first day of school, we have best friends, Virgil, Derek, and Stephanie. So two guys and a girl, uh, which, you know, always adds a good little triangle. Um, On the first day of high school, they decide they're going to try out some activities. And so Derek, who's played by Steve McQueen, but I'll just use his actual names because these people aren't like super well known. Right. So I can use the characters um, is trying out for football. The Stephanie is trying out for cheerleading and um like Virgil is just kind of like there and talking with people and stuff and this little young genius named Charlie um comes through the football fields on this like little rocket car and so Virgil steps in to help because then they the football team starts harassing Charlie like he's just little but he's like really really smart and so Virgil comes to his defense and then they all start picking on him too and then it's written in the stars you're then a loser like that's it in high school like they make it so like you do one thing and that's it but 
that's that is what happens and they put them in cheerleading costumes and they hang them from the mascot statue yeah from their underwear yeah oh, i was like wow it's so dramatic and it would not happen nowadays right and it's like his his friend could have been there to help him but he, he just made it actually worse he suggested he was like oh let's put lipstick on them and stuff like that like he's but anyways we find that that later but so three years later, um, they, Virgil and Charlie are outcasts and um, Charlie tells Virgil that he's invented this time machine and they get this um, guy, Zeke, who is for his mechanical st- skills. Uh, Zeke is played by Nicholas Braun and. Um, and they, yeah, so they get him. So there's three of them now and they want to test it out. So they go, let's go buy the winning lottery ticket. So they go back in time and they're like, here are the winning numbers. Uh, the guy won't sell it to them because they're underage. So they ask the street performer who's like all silver and he goes out, he's outside of, he's, I loved his movement too. He was great. They ask him, yeah, he doesn't talk. He just like moves. Uh, they ask him to buy it for him, but they're running out of time because it's only a 10 minute time machine. So they're like, they know they have to get back. So they head back and then they go to the store and the, this street performer had won the lottery. So he had taken the numbers and played them and then won the lottery. And so then they decide they kind of come up with a plan. Like, let's just use this to help classmates that Mm -hmm. something embarrassing has happened to them. Let's just go back and help them out. Like kind of the, I don't want to say losers, but that is what they're like. The the nerdier, the stereotypical in, in these type of movies, Let's go back and help them. So they get this one classmate, Jeanette, who is my favorite. I loved her. She's in love with little genius Charlie. And Charlie's not really like he's not that interested. And she just adores him. And she's so freaking cute. I just really loved her. So they ask her to like help when they're in the time machine just to like um, just manage everything at the place because they're at the school. But like in the basement, in the basement underneath the football field, kind of like they're. Yeah, they're like away. So they need someone there to help, like if they have to press buttons or anything. So they get her. So it's technically four of them, but there are three are the ones that go and travel. They're the Minutemen. They're the Minutemen. And they wear these white snowsuits with like um, glasses. Do they have glasses? I can't or remember. Or snow, go- snow goggles. Like, yeah, like, like goggles. goggles. So that like so that people can't see who they are. The, the trio becomes, they get known as snowsuit guys, but they want to be called the Minutemen. Uh, the principal hates them, wants to just like figure the who out it, who this is, even though really they're not doing anything bad. No, especially my favorite example of it, I doubt it's in the notes there, is like the football team like steals two kids like clothes. Yeah. So they have to run around the school naked, but then they go back to those 10 minutes and get them like really cool clothes. Yeah. So, that so he comes the guys up. are like standing there with their clothes, like ha nerds and they already have clothes. Yeah. And then there's another one where this kid has, um, um, toilet paper hanging from the back of him and they go back and they just get rid of it. And so they do like the montage thing of everyone they're helping, but they soon realize that like the behavior of these teenagers that they've helped, they actually start becoming the bullies. 
So like there's one scene where this guy is uh, in a in a diner and he's delivering food and this girl trips him and then the stuff falls all over him. So the Minutemen go back and they fix that. But then he actually becomes kind of an ass. Yeah. I, I like that turn of like, yeah, like you fixed the situation, but you could have made, you like, you actually made it worse. Created this other right situation. Um, so Stephanie um, wants to go to her favorite or she's, She's getting a scholarship for her dream school, her college. And uh, the next day, Virgil comes to school and she's in a cast. So she had fallen out of the cheerleading. Uh, like she was a she's a flyer, they call them. So she fell and broke her leg. So now, you know, and Virgil, he quite likes her. Yes. And so he's like, you know, because they kind of decided they weren't going to do it anymore. And then he's like, we have to like go back and you know, do this. And so they do go back in time and they, they do prevent her injury. But in the process, she finds out who it is because he talks and she knows immediately who it is. Cause he has like a, like a line. He uh, like a catchphrase. Almost yeah. That he so says. then she was like, her face is like, Oh, I know who it is. Um, so then we cut to, there's a big football game. They lose, uh, they end up losing the state championship and so Stephanie shows up at Virgil's house and is like, I need you to use the time machine to go back and help them win. And he's like really torn because this is somebody who was, was his friend and then has abandoned him and like doesn't, you know, so he's like, you know, kind of why would I, it's that teenage, oh my God, what am I going to do? And doesn't she, and I'm pretty sure she, like she tells him about it and gets him. Yeah. They're both sitting there in the house. They're both sitting there and she's like, you know, he has a time machine. He's like, you know, and he's trying to be all nice. Like he's, Oh, Virgil, that's so cool. And meanwhile, he's never been nice. He hasn't been nice to him. Like you could really help me. And that's that's the only reason he's being nice. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So, but I don't think Virgil, like he's not falling for it. Um, so he, he decides. Yeah. So they, they do that. He does. Um, he does change the past so he can win. Then he Virgil starts hanging out with all the cool kids, and he starts letting like he's not hanging around with Charlie and Zeke anymore. And um, Virgil then finds out, or Stephanie tells him that because um, she's dating uh, Derek, like the football guy, and um, they've she finds out he was cheating on her. Um, so. Doesn't and he asks him again, like, can he's you like, help me can again? Can you help me so I don't get caught? And he's like, in that moment, he's he's like, I, you know, I don't want to do that because he realizes he really has deep feelings for her. So he's just kind of like, maybe I won't do that. Um, and then the FBI starts sniffing around because the they realize something is up, and they interrogate Charlie, Zeke, and Virgil, and they kind of. Um, disband I would say and then um Charlie learns that of like all the trips they've been doing it has actually messed up the time continuum and they created this black hole that's in the football field and they only have hours to like save everybody and so they reunite they go in the hole and so once they've entered in the black hole they're actually transported to the time when they their first day of school when this all kind of, you know, what, what they, when it all started. Right. And, um, 
like he Virgil realizes like I could change the events by not helping my friend Charlie with the with the little scooter car. Um, but then he sees like his friend Derek saying like, oh, put lipstick on them and he, that he's not sticking up for them. So he realizes like, no, I have my friends like I don't need to do that. So he does step in and he he keeps it the same way because he's like, no, I don't want to do that. So the three of them get out just as the black hole closes and then they're back at school. Like nobody suspects a thing. Like it's back to like the first day, the first day they time traveled, not the first day of school, but the first day they time traveled. And like, as they're walking through, like nobody suspects anything. And, um, Virgil actually stands up to Derek and Stephanie ends up falling for him for Virgil instead of Derek. And, Charlie realizes he does love Jeanette and then the very end's really it's cute because um Charlie comes up with a new tele he's like I got a teleportation we can I I know how to teleport and then they the the other two just start dragging him away like no we're not doing that so it was cute like I can see why you would have liked it as a kid I have I have never heard of this movie I don't know when you guys watched it because Meg came in when I was watching it and she's like oh I used to have the biggest crush on him, the one who plays Virgil. Um, Jason, Jason Dolly. Dolly. Yeah, she was just like, oh, I used to have the biggest crush on him. And I'm like, where was I when you guys were like watching these? Like, I was like, wow, it's a great mom. I just kind of let you guys. I mean, you, you're you like 10 and 8. Yeah. So, whatever. Just watch your show. <laughs> watch your show. Don't bother me. <laughs> right? But I'm just surprised I've never even like heard of it or like it didn't look familiar to me, but. Anyways, yeah. Hatching Pete's another one that might be, might be. It's the same guy and Jason Dolly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the guy that was in, he was in Hannah Montana. So he was popular. Yeah, he was. Oh, big, big. Not like the guy, but like most people my age, if you showed a picture, they would, there would be probably one of three answers. It'd be Hatching Pete, Minutemen, or he was in a show called Good Luck Charlie. Oh, okay. Oh, is that the little baby? Yeah. Oh, I remember that show. I never watched it, but like, oh, okay. It was just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it was cute. It was a funny, it was a good one. Uh, let's get into It's a 10, but. It's a 10, but. Uh, you won, so you can, can choose. And I did let you go first, so I'm going to go first now. Okay. Okay. It's a 10 because of the soundtrack, but the plot is hard to follow. Oh, wait. So, sorry. The, so, it's a 10. The soundtrack is a 10. The sound, yeah. But. Okay. But the but the actual plot is just hard to follow. Um, probably like a six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like it knocks. Like soundtracks are cool, but like if, if you it, don't if have it hurts p- the movie too much. Yeah. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna make the movie. Like if it's already not a good movie, it's not gonna make it better. Yeah, I guess that makes sense for me to start with this one because it's a three. Okay. But it has a kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah, see, for me, I would be like, that makes it like a seven or eight for me. Because for me, like, even when a movie is bad, or not even bad, but not great, if there's good music in it, it, it does turn it around for me. I, I'll be like, people, did you like the movie? I don't know. It had a really good soundtrack. Like, it had really good music in it. So for me, it would, it increases it for sure. Um, it's a four, but it's an Avenger movie and everyone is back. Everyone? Everyone. I mean, as much like 
I won't give it the. F- I'll give it a nine. Okay. Just of like skepticism of, of like how how, how well, there's why. time stuff now, right? I don't know alternate universes or. Yeah, it might be a little too much, and that movie might have to be like four hours long. Right. To get everybody in. Yeah, it's true, right? Like Edward Norton comes back. <laughs> they have two Hulks. Yeah. <laughs> They have two of Captain America's. Well, I guess he would just be back demoted to what he was, right? Whoever, because apparently um, Adam Driver is in, in, did I say this already? Is my, is, no, I think I said it's someone else because he's unironically in the driver's seat oh. to be the next Reed Richards, which is John Krasinski's character from oh, Doctor okay. Strange. Right, right. Um, I find it interesting if he, if he's going to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I find most of like, the good actors actually want to be villains. Oh, okay. Like, I yeah, feel yeah. like he would be a good villain. Well, because of Kylo Ren, too, right? So maybe he he's trying of, to change that. Yeah, he probably is like, I don't want to play the bad guy again. He He's really diverse. He he's he really goes across the board, right? I think Martin Scorsese said that he's the greatest actor of this generation. Yeah, I I would... I, that I could make an argument for that, too. Like, I would be... It's like for right now. Like, we have time before... Yeah. Yeah. Before this generation's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a zero. Uh-oh. Uh, but features an Al Pacino dance number. This may or may not be a real movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not going to... Al Pacino dance? No. Or musical number. It's... Then I would go like a two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that may or may not be an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. It's a ten... The cast is incredible, but half the movie sound goes in and out. Like in the middle of someone talking? I didn't really put specific, but I would just say it made me think of devotion. Remember that? Yeah, just the sound itself is bad. So like the movie was fine. Like it's not the movie. It's in the theater or from Yeah, it's just like the sound is frustrating. Like you're it's going in and out. Um probably if it's that good of a movie and like hopefully i could rewatch it i would give it an eight okay but okay. i can i could power through like it's like devotion though like devotion you, we deserves were, a rewatch it does because that was one of the most frustrating theater experiences i've ever had like it was like either blasting or you couldn't hear it like there was no in between and it was the music that was really loud and then the people talking you couldn't hear so i was like what i'd rather the other way around but yeah. Um, it's an eight. Okay. But there's no clear ending. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, do I need a clear ending? I do kind of. Yeah. So it's an eight. So it's a good movie. It's like that kind of reminds me of like Interstellar where you're like, it's not really clear. <laughs> like it, there's, there could be an argument for either one, right? Like it's real or it's not. Um, well, no, sorry, a, Inception. Inception, oh, I'm thinking. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was like, it was a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inception, that's true. Inception, sorry. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, I'll go... I'm going to keep it at an eight. Yeah. Because if it's, if it's that good... Like, sometimes it's frustrating if you, like, watch something. Sometimes I'm okay with an ambiguous ending. And then sometimes it's like, no, that deserved to be wrapped up a little better. Right? So... Okay. Um, okay, this one's hard to explain. Okay. Okay. It's a six. But they have taken the same story each 30 minutes and have four different directors' vision. So you have Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, Catherine Bigelow, 
Greta Gerwig. And they've taken the same story and they've done each person has 30 minutes to tell the story. But it's, is it the like same actors? It's oh, OK. Um, yeah. Let's say it's the same actors, but it visually can look different. It can be perceived however they want. It's the same general story, but it's up to up to the director of yeah. what they want to do yes. or how they want to do it. Yeah. And it's what? A six. Uh, I trust those directors. That's, I think that's creative enough that I would actually give it a 10. Okay. Nice. Because I think those four would take such a different approach to it. Right. Christopher Nolan would mind bend it. Scorsese would probably like, I don't want to say gangster it, but yeah, like, but like guns mob. And, yeah. Uh, Greta Gerwig would probably make it like, not like a rom-com, but I just think of like. Visually, I think hers would be. Like, I just think of. I think of like movies that they would try to mold a story into. Right, right. Catherine Bigelow would be like, well, like think of her Hurt Locker or even go Zero like, Dark Thirty. Isn't she Point Break? The original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's a good one. Thanks. Uh, it's a four. Okay. But Wes Anderson's directing. <gasps> ben a ten. That's kind of what I would say. I wouldn't say French Dispatch was a four. But it wasn't my favorite, but I still, if he is directing it, it will still be a great movie. Like, it will still be, yes, I'm in. Okay. Um, It's an eight, but it's a horror film with a ton of jump scares. Zero. <laughs> Hard zero. It's the biggest thing I don't like in movies. That's how I put it, but I didn't know. Because I was thinking of, like, like, Get Out is considered a horror, right? So I was sure. like, okay, say it's like a get out, but it has like a ton of like the only thing is jump scares. Yeah, I think get out has like two jump scares. I know. Yeah, zero. Hard <laughs> zero. If I could go negative, I would go negative. <laughs> I hate that in movies. I find it lazy and it just doesn't make me it doesn't make me enjoy a movie. Yeah, no. When we're both plugging our ears. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a seven. Okay. But Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson don't fall in love. <gasps> Why would that happen, Jack? Why are you breaking my heart? Then it's like a four. They have to fall in love. They're the best. They're the like the rom-com king and queen. Um, okay. It's a seven. Rotten Tomato score has it at a 95, but audience score is a 10. Percent? Yeah. Um so what is what is it originally? Seven. Um, that's probably like a five then. Yeah. So you're like, I just wanted to know how. I wanted like, to like, I would go as neutral as possible. Yeah. Because like, I, I think, well, it is funny that it would go that way because usually it's critics are too harsh and audiences are too generous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a two. Okay. But Ooh. Meg is the second lead. Oh my God, it's a 10. Meg won't be in a two. She's going to be in tens. No. We'll see. And <laughs> we, got, night. we got a chance. <laughs> we get a chance soon. Um, okay. It's a nine, but it's about time traveling lovers played by Michael B. Jordan and Margot Robbie. It's a nine? But it's about time traveling. Or like the, the thing that I do, the time jumping? Yes. Time stuff that you don't like. Lovers. So rom-com. Well, I like rom-coms. I, I know. I know. You do. Yeah. So yeah it's it, it's 
just for time jumping, I'll, I'll just have it stay at a nine. Okay. Okay. I don't know if like I I know they've had that interview where they said like oh we're each other's favorite like actor and actresses where it seemed kind of flirty. I just don't like I love them both, but I don't. You don't think see they it. would work? Yeah. I mean, they could probably they could probably figure it out. I just thought I was trying to pick like two people that you yeah. like. It's right? a it's a Michael B. Jordan Glenn Powell rom com. <laughs> right. That's a twenty. <laughs> And Miles Teller's in it. As the bro. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Sydney Sweeney's like their best friend. Yeah. Sounds great. Where's Zendaya? I want Zendaya in there too. That's my movie. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, It's a nine. Okay. But you can predict the entire plot within five minutes. Oh, fuck. So like half the movies I watch? Um, It's five minutes though. It's five minutes and you got it. And I have it all figured out? Yeah. That's kind of a drag. I'll go like six and a half, seven, like somewhere in that range of like, that's kind of a bummer because it doesn't make it enjoyable. I mean, I like bragging about it, but it doesn't make it enjoyable to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. It's a 10 visually, but extremely sad and devastating. Um. I think it's still just a 10. Yeah? Yeah. I think sometimes you need to watch that kind of movie. I think um, not everything can be sunshine and rainbows. I think you need those different kind of movies where it's probably not that fun to make. But it just I thought of All Quiet on the Western Front. (laughs) That was why I I usually try. That's how I try and pick these is I try and think of the movie and then like work around it. But I think visually that it was pretty great. But man, it was devastating right and like gory yeah it's true yeah it's war so yeah it's not always i was thinking when you said that i was thinking more of like the sophie's choice or oh, that, okay. like that type of sad yeah 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 that too it's all war yeah uh speaking of war speaking of war jack it, it's a six okay but it takes place during world war one Ooh. Kind of, you saw in the trenches it's a more of a grueling war and it doesn't have nazis which you you love Nazi content. I don't love it. I you just... like Nazi content. You don't like Nazis. You no. like stuff with Nazis in it. I do. I like World War II historical fiction. Which, when you say or that, I that think... just means Nazis are interesting, which they are. Well, I just think the whole thing is so fascinating of, like, let's just get rid of a whole slew of people because of their religion or their culture. Like, I just, I'm like, what? Um, what was it, a six? Yeah. But it's World War I have World to War, go World War One. I. I know. I have to go three. I it just can't. I can't do it. I can't. And six isn't even like right. Oof, I might even go lower than that. It's a tough one for me. Um, it's a five, but it wins all the major awards during award season. Like I'm talking Oscars, Golden Globes, SAG, BAFTA. They win all of the major awards at the award show, but it's a five. Um, I don't think that really would, I don't think that would change my opinion that okay. much because like, and I feel like we rag on some movies, but like Roma is an Oscar nominated film and that to me was the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. Like it just, it, it is very opinion based. I, I guess maybe a six just because Okay. I would watch it. it maybe it'd be like a, like a Banshees. Like I know it didn't win everything, but I think watching it, knowing how everyone loved it. If I just watched it, I don't think I would have liked it as much as, like, 
hearing like, what people said about knowing, it. Knowing knowing we were going into it of people raving about this movie made us like appreciate it more. Yeah. I, I agree. I think out that. of the family, I think I enjoyed it the most. That yeah. Movie. I just found it really sad. Like I, I found it a level of sad that um, I don't know if I've ever seen in a movie before. I found it really, really like frustratingly sad yeah on both sides of the guys like i find them both like i was like oh my god just leave him alone and oh my god why are you being so mean like right the modern day it was like the old time ghosting of people like just not being friends with them anymore i think it's also because brendan gleason and colin farrell have done like so much together that they're usually in comedies yeah and then to see them like just well one despise and yeah the other's just confused i'm confused um, is it me? Um, I did the World War One. Yeah, or did so you? Now. Or did you just ask the sad one? No. I asked the award season one. Okay. Um. Uh, okay. It's a one. Uh oh. But you get to work on set with I put John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, but like it is a ten. It is a ten. One hundred percent a ten. If I could go higher, I would. But the name of the game is ten and. You know, it frustrates me when people go above. That. Okay, what if it wasn't with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? And you, it's a one, but you get to work on set. Like, I would be, it would be a t- No, no. It will be an eight. Yeah. Because it just helps that I would be with them. Because that would be really fun. Um, Speaking of Roma, it's an eight, but it's a remake of Roma in color. <laughs> Not that the color made any difference, but... I needed it to be, like, different somehow. So, it's a remake of Roma in color. That's an eight. Yeah. But, yeah. The the award season, they would have called that movie at least an eight. So, um, remake of Roma. I think cutting it in half's fair. I'll go with a four. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, my last one. Okay. It's a ten, but... Okay. Your favorite actor has a terrible performance. Oh, no. As they give this, not that Florence Pugh was bad in the movie you were watching, but you're like, do you find the acting's bad in this? There were, it, that movie was really funny because uh, I did say, I remember I watched another movie and then didn't say what it was. I watched A Good Person and the movie, and I love Zach Braff. Like Garden State, as if you've wa- listened to this podcast, one of my most favorite all-time movies. I loved it. Um, and I love him, but... The acting wasn't always great. It wasn't always her either. There was something that I was, I found either the scenes really good or not good. So, okay, say it again. It's a one, but. Uh, it's a 10, oh, it's but a 10. your but your favorite actor has a terrible performance. I think I'd go like six or seven. Probably six. Right? Yeah. Anyways. It's fair. Yeah. That, well, that was it. That's it. Didn't, didn't. I went first. Oh, okay. That does make sense. Does make sense. Uh, next week. Uh oh. It's gonna be May. May May the fourth be with you. Let's we'll get all of them in there. Um, it is our IMC's Rogue One, and I'm doing a, just an overall review of Mandalorian season three, and then we are doing a ten round Star Wars draft. So I'm so nervous about it. Movies, TV shows, any Star Wars properties, I guess. Yeah. But it's just movies and TV shows. We're not drafting like books or graphic novels. Or no, like, no, yeah. Or like characters. That's no, no. Just like 
TV shows or movies, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you Gloves. excited, nervous? I'm nervous because it's just like it's hard to compare something like, okay, do I want Star Wars A New Hope or do I want Mandalorian for three seasons? Do you know? Like those are so different of like how much content yeah, you get. Yeah, like it's so, yeah. I have to really think about what I want. It's like nostalgia plus quantity plus quality. Yeah, so it's a lot to think about. So I'll get there though. May 4th. Glad you will. Case, you got anything else? Got nothing else. All right. Then besides that, we will see you next time. Bye.